Hey, what's up, family? Welcome to another live Q&A of yours. Truly hope y'all are doing well on this Wednesday. Hope you guys are coming over this hump pretty strong. And I hope this video helps you do that. But for those who watch me for the very first time, my name is Joshua Ezzy, also known as Coach Josh. And my goal is to help you make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use. And after watching this video, like, man, I like that guy's vibe. Go ahead and subscribe because I would love to be a coach here online. But for those who's been rocking with me for a long time, whether you've been a subscriber for 14 years or 14 minutes, so I want to say thank you so much uh, for trusting what guys entrusted in me, and I pray it continues to be treasure to you. But for those who's been listening on my podcast, those who are listening from, from Spotify, SoundCloud, all different various forms, I want to say thank you so much for listening. I pray uh, this video gets you through your, your work day, through um, your truck drive, whatever it is that you're doing, I hope it keeps you uh, um, pressing towards the things of God. But let's get right into some things that I have for you all as everyone is coming in. My latest book, Facts Over Feelings, is now available. It's a book to help you go from uh, a feeling to fulfilling. A lot of people are so stuck in their feelings that they're unable or disqualifying themselves from fulfilling the roles that they have chosen to be in. And so this book helps you take some time to really process your feelings to make sure that you go from uh, feelings to finding the facts. So this book's a great resource, um, teaches you how to vent, how to properly vent, also have in this book verses on, on the top emotions or so that you can really see what the word of God says about certain emotions. Uh, we also have areas for you to write pros and cons as well as red flags. Hold on. There you go. Red flags, all that good stuff. And of course, I have articles or, or writings to help you really process your feelings as well as an opportunity for you to vent and to find the feelings and the facts. So this book right now is available on my website, IamUnplugged.com, or you can simply just go to Amazon and get that. <clears throat> so this book here is a great resource. Also, if you're looking for a book to help you hold things better and to really help you see if you're whole enough to hold the important things, great journal right here. If you're looking for a book to help you maximize or find the purpose of your singleness, it's a great book right here. I, I believe will help you with that. If you're looking for a book to see whether or not you guys are on the same page in a dating relationship, but also teach you how to date God, date something, come date a book, this would be a great resource for you as well. It has a ton of questions in here that will either help you in the wrong relationship or extend the right one. If you're looking to better discern what's in front of you, determine whether it's a counterfeit or counterpart, it's a great resource here. If you're struggling with soul ties and strongholds and you don't understand why you're so connected to this person or whatever, this book will help you understand how to untie it and uproot those strongholds. Also books for kids from third graders and up. And if you need help with spiritual warfare and how to put on a whole armor of God, here is a great book here as well as we have merch all on my website imunplugged.com also coming up pretty soon if you need one-on-one -on -one coaching i have some spots available there let's see we got people in the chat now uh what's up kiddo kiddos in the building now lady says first oh, i'm glad you're here i'm glad you're here youngy new says hey coach christopher says hey coach youngy new says should i tell my girlfriend or wife all about my past and my sexual past, should I tell her everything? I had a lot of sex when I was younger. Um, great question. Um, I mean, yes, uh, to a degree. I mean, you don't necessarily want to. Let me make sure I rewind that back to make sure I help you. Um, if any of those sexual experiences is affecting your sexual uh going forward, I'm talking about if you have an STD and stuff like that, then I think you have to not communicate your sexual partners, but you have to do communicate that hey, I was active. 
and I have been tested and here's some things that uh, is on me now from that experience. I think she should know that. But um, uh, if the conversation opens up in that direction, yeah, you might want to share um, that you've had a sexual experience, but you also want to talk about your know, sexual freedom. And what I mean by that, is that you're free from those different sexual interactions to help you um, to better understand sex and how to have sex going forward. Um, but as far as communicating every girlfriend, every sexual experience you had, I don't think that's necessary. Not necessary to share all that experience unless any one of those experiences has has uh is going to jeopardize uh her in a marriage that she needs to be abreast of like if you got if you got sexual as uh, transmitted disease and stuff like that i think she she definitely needs to know that because that's a deal breaker that's non-negotiable for some right and so but as far as elaborating i don't think that's necessary hope that <clears throat> now lady says just want to say been going through your old content every day from 11 years ago. Incredible wisdom, learning a lot. I thank God. God gets the glory. Thank you so much, God. Man, I've been doing this for about 13 or 14 years. I think 13, 12, 13 years. And man, it's an honor um, that you all are still being blessed by the content, even though it's old as dirt. <laughs> but I'm glad that the content is not... Um, is a blessed. I'm glad it is a blessing to you all. So thank you so much for your kind words and God gets the glory. It's his wisdom. I'm borrowing it. Joanne McCoy says, hey, out there from Long Beach. Thank you for watching from Long Beach. Jody Real says, if God forgives us, then why will we still have to answer to him in the afterlife? Great question. Um, The judgment for the believer is not judgment of sin. It's judgment on uh, their ability on uh, leaning on the one that's going to help them win. So we're going to be judged based upon what we did with the gospel. Were we living epistles? What did we do with our, our crafts, our talents, our gifts, etc.? We're going to judge based upon that. And the penalty will not be hell. Uh, uh, the, the reward will be uh, uh, based upon what you did in this life. So we're not going to be judged. Heaven and hell won't be the judgment for the believer. It will be how, uh, uh, what type of rewards we will get in heaven. So don't, uh, there's two types of judgment. The non-believer is going to be judged and the hell is going to be their, their consequence. But the believer is going to be judged about what to do in the body. The Bible says, be very careful how you build on the foundation who is Jesus. The Bible says some will build with gold, stone, and precious stones, and some will build with hay and straw. But everyone's work will be tried by fire. And, and the fire will prove the validity of that individual's work. Was it founded on God or was it founded on their self-interest? Even though their soul was saved, the Bible says when the fire quenches, um, those who build with hay and straw, their soul was saved, but they won't have anything proving that they even lived for heaven, if that makes sense. So hope to help. Nala says, what to do if you feel like God is distant from you? Well, distance is, is a perspective. Uh, uh, the reality is that he's a present help. The reality is he's omnipresent. The reality is he's omniscient. When we feel distant, we got to find the facts of his presence. See, feelings are not factual. Feelings just let you know how you feel at the present moment. You have to cipher through your feelings to find the facts before you act, right? Or before you assume, right? So when you feel like God is distant, you got to ask yourself, am I distant? Because God hasn't left. We just left him. What in our mind, thought patterns or emotional feelings is making us feel that God is distant when he really isn't like we feel that God is distant because his distance, quote unquote, or our feeling of his distance feel very familiar of how other people have been distant towards us. So we assume that God is distant, but God has always been consistent. He is speaking continuously. He's invested in your life. So what do you do when you feel like you're distant? Number one, you got to get back into fellowshipping with him. 
fellowship with him. Number two, you got to uh, ask for forgiveness. Like what I mean by forgiveness, don't make, don't make it seem like that God won't do unless I forgive. Let me go back a few steps. You got to see, okay, what broke the fellowship? Let's start there. What broke the fellowship? What in your life broke the fellowship? You're distant from God. He's not distant from you. So something in you distance yourself from him. So you got to say, okay, what broke the fellowship? Number two, you got to <clears throat> intentionally engage, engage God again, engage him right now, communicate with him, right? Engage in him and say, you know what, God, Hey, I'm going to engage you. I'm going to say, Hey, God speak, show yourself strong in my life. Reveal yourself to me, right? Also, you got to make sure that you take the time to enjoy him where he, wherever he is enjoy him. Like enjoy him means <clears throat> welcome him in every area of your life. That's what happens with it. All right. You got to say, okay, God, I'm going to just enjoy you where you are. Take the, take your time to slow your life down and say, okay, let me just see how God is speaking to me. Let me see how God is, is, is invested in my life. And then next thing you know, after that, let him lead you. Be willing to be led by him. That's how you change your feelings and facts. Number one, you got to ask of what broke fellowship. Number two, you got to engage him intentionally. Number three, you got to enjoy him wherever, wherever he is and wherever you are. And number four, you got to allow him to lead you. Hope to help. <clears throat> Christopher says, I've been reading Proverbs. When it speaks about adultery, isn't it just between a married woman and a man or all sexual sin? Well, adultery is, in its, in its definition, is the breaking of a union sexually between a man and a woman or between a husband and a wife. Fornication is what you do outside of marriage sexually. Okay, my wife's leaving. I see you. Love you too. Um, sexually, right? Uh, uh, so for that's fornication. Uh, and it's different levels of sexual sin. So when the Bible talks about adultery, even spiritual adultery, spiritual adultery is when we leave our first love to go be in love with something else that can't sustain us like God. So adultery is breaking covenant in intimacy by, by way of intimacy. And that goes with spiritual adultery as well. What's up, Jazz? Hope you're feeling well, my brother. PTL says, hey, coach, did you ever have a faith crisis at one point? Yeah, you better believe it, man. Man, I had a faith crisis maybe at 24, 25, 26 years old when my idols died in front of me. Uh, I had a faith crisis later on, like maybe 27, 28. Uh, yeah, so I've had those faith crises. And what, it, what a faith crisis was, was that everything that I thought was going to uh, keep me founded was was not proven to do so. And so my, uh, as God was pruning me, he revealed to me my idols and he began to reveal to me my idolatrous heart. And then my faith became uh, in a crisis state because my faith went in, in the crisis state. It wasn't in crisis state. It was in a, a state of crisis because my, my life was anchored on any and everything that can be moved except the immovable God himself. And so that's the that's a very important thing I tell my students all the time. Right now, your faith is quote unquote anchored more so in your your family's faith, someone else's faith, or your faith is not existent, right? But there's gonna come a point where God is gonna be sitting at your well. Just like Jesus met the woman at the well. She says she's been drinking this. Her forefathers built this well and whatever, whatever. But he says, when you drink of this, you'll be thirsty again. But he says, when you drink of me, you will never thirst, right? And so there's gonna come a place where you, Jesus is gonna be sitting on your well to look at your wellness and reveal to you that you're not well. Because if you don't trust him as your wellspring, allow the Holy Spirit to become a wellspring inside of you, you're not going to be well eventually. One day your idols are going to crash and you're not going to be able to have anything to sustain you. 
So yeah, man, I went through a couple major faith crises, and that's because well, number one was when I realized, uh, man, life got real at 24, 25, and 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 I didn't really, my faith wasn't really as apologetically sound as I thought it was. And then when things was questioning, I was questioning my faith. I was shaking because I was like, was is Jesus a, a, a copycat of Zeus and all these different things? Man, rocked my faith. And then later on, when my ministry was collapsing or whatever, and when it began to fall, I had a faith crisis then. But now, man, I'm straight. <clears throat> Raw Scout says, hey, coach, I work five days a week and I feel very productive during those days. But on my days off, I feel lazy and unfocused. I was wondering what should I do to stay focused on my goals? Well, you have to have an eternal why. What keeps me going is my eternal why. My eternal why. It doesn't matter how bad a day gets. It doesn't matter how frustrated I am. It doesn't matter what I go through in life in this earthly realm. My why has to be greater than this realm. My why has to be eternal. My greatest goal in life is to hear these words from my heavenly father. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Right. And so that's my eternal, my eternal goal, which then dictates my earthly grind. My earthly grind is motivated by my eternal goal. So, so you have to also have a why that's eternal. Now you also have a, have another why that's generational. Not only do you have a why that's eternal, you have to have a why that's generational. The Bible says a wise man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. So right now I'm thinking about my kids, 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 right? I'm thinking about the life that I will want them to live, 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 right? And so my my uh, 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 goals are eternal and my goals are generational, right? And my thirdly, my goals are personal. What do What kind of legacy do I want to leave? I have to have a personal goal. What when Joshua Ezzy is dead and gone, what will he be remembered for? You know, if I die today, what would I be remembered for? Right? So my goals have to be eternal. My goals have to be generational. My goals have to be personal in order for me to have motivation um, to, to, to navigate um, those other days, right? Uh, uh, most importantly, you have to have a fellowship with God. You have to fellowship with him. You have to be in constant fellowship. There's no days off with God. And what I mean by that, don't mean that God doesn't want you to rest, but there's no days off of fellowship. Even while resting, I'm fellowshipping. Even while doing this video, I'm fellowshipping. After I do this video, I'm fellowshipping. I have a practice of fellowship, right? Because when I fellowship with him, he will then lead and guide me into what the truth he want me to find that day that will potentially open, open, me, open up for me freedom for me to walk in. So what you should do to stay focused on your goals, you got to determine your eternal goal. You got to determine your generational goal. You have to determine your personal goal, your personal uh, eternal why, your generational why, and your personal why. Once you establish those different things, now you got to find the what. You got to find the what. What are you supposed to do? After you find the what, actually before the what, you got to discover who. Who are you? You're not going to be able to really be able to accomplish those eternal generational and personal goals till you know who you are in him in order for you to do something for him. So then you got to get down even down to the roots. What? What is the root reason on why you're lazy on the weekends? What is the root reason why you're unfocused? What is the root reason? And once you do all those different things, then you will maximize this season. Sarah, hey, thank you. Shalom. Thank you for joining. Tanita Ennis says, please pray God just guides me and leads me in the way I need to go and that I will be the woman that uh, uh, that he desires for me to be. I really want to know Christ in a more deep way. Let's pray for you, Tanita. Heavenly Father, I stand in the gap for my sister, Tanita. I thank you, what you, I thank you in advance for what you're going to reveal to her in these next couple, couple of days. 
Lord, she desires. And one thing that you jump immediately after uh, uh, towards is those who desire to be in your will. I pray, Father God, that she let go of everything that makes her feel that she's not uh, adequate for your will. I pray, Lord, that she'll forgive herself, that she'll walk in, in greater freedoms in you, knowing that you hold nothing on her record against her, that, that, that because you did what you did, it qualifies her to do what she is required to do, Father. So I pray, Lord, that you open up the, the rivers, the, the deep wellsprings of the Holy Spirit in her that will draw her deeper, scuba diving her deeper into you to see the depth, the depths of joy that comes with fellowship with you that will produce a wellspring into her. And I pray, Lord, that you will guide her in every step that she go, that the, uh, the steps of a good woman, the steps of this good woman will be ordered by you, Father. So I thank you, Lord. That by her fellowship with you, that she will develop the fundamental practices that will make her the woman that she needs to be for the purpose you have for her. And she's going to do pray. Amen. My kid says, facts over feelings. Make sure I get the book. Facts over feelings. Reach your high says, that's good. Bethel Green says, hey, coach, how do I start to learn God's attributes and how do I grow my faith? Thank you. So welcome. Um, you, you begin to learn God's attributes by number one, getting into his word. Go to Google right now and type in the God, uh, God, uh, the attributes of God, and then there will be a list of scriptures, uh, particularly uh, uh, set with and under uh, certain attributes of His, right? And then get into God's Word and actually read how those attributes uh, are 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 displayed in paper, so that you can get a general understanding of God's attributes, right? Another way that you get uh, understanding of God's attributes is to personally engage with him every day, fellowship with him. So you can have a general understanding, you get into God's word, you can have a general understanding of God's attributes. And in order to have a personal understanding of God's attributes, you have to get into worship. Worship is not just what you do on Sunday mornings. Worship is what you do with your life. Begin to sacrifice your life. The Bible says, I beseech you, therefore, brothers, Romans chapter one, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. That's reasonable. To keep the living sacrifice, that's a that's a, a, a oxymoron, I believe. Uh, a living sacrifice. How can I be alive but sacrificed at the same time? That I have to be constantly in the two in order for me to be who I need to be for him. So in order to get a general understanding of God's attributes, you got to get into his word. In order to get a personal understanding of God's attributes, you got to worship him in spirit and in truth, right? And he also said, secondly, how do I grow my faith? Well, faith is everywhere. Contrary to popular belief, everybody's walking and sitting by faith right now. You're either laying by faith right now, sitting by faith right now, walking by faith right now, listening by faith right now. Without question, faith is the unquestionable trust. Faith is unquestionable trust. Right now, I have no questions on this chair's ability to hold me. It has proven its faithfulness towards me. So when I come into this room to do a video, I don't check the chair to see if it's there, if it's able to hold me, or if I'm going to fall like I was leaning on thin air, right? I, it has been proven to be faithful to me, right? The best way to grow your faith is to track God's faithfulness towards you. To, to, the, to get you to a place of unquestionable trust. I have unquestionable trust in God. I have, I have that's the only way I can walk freely in his life is, is to have unquestionable trust. I have, I have to, or I'm going to go crazy. <laughs> to, to live the life that I have to live, to, to be the person I have to be, I have to have unquestionable trust. Now, how do you grow your faith? 
Number one, you got to get involved. You got to get involved with you and God. You got to get involved, man. You got to you gotta, uh, 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 think back and check God's track record. Number one, G, you got to get involved. Let's start there. You got to get involved if you want to grow your faith. You got to get into it. You got you to gotta actually endeavor to grow in faith by getting into faith. And you get into faith. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you grow your faith by getting into God's word. You grow your faith by getting into your day. The Bible says this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. The two prerequisites in order for you to be legitimately walking in faith every day is to be, uh, uh, this is the day the Lord has made to know that this day was made for you and that you'll rejoice. Gratitude and uh, that you'll be rejoice and be glad in it. Those two things helps you in, in to walk in faith every day. Right now you're breathing by faith. And so when you begin to get a grip or grasp the concept of faith that you do every day, and then you begin to number two, check God's track, God's track record, then you'll be able to walk in greater obedience and greater obedience then leads you to see the, uh, the omnipotence, the omnipresence, the powerfulness of God, the presence of God. And then you will naturally grow by seeing him in operation, right? And last but not least, man. Um, the way you grow in faith is just wait and see the salvation, man. Sometimes you just got to wait and see the salvation. And, and, and listen, when you try to grow your faith based upon the peaks, you'll miss the faith in the valleys. And what I mean by that, many people think that God is faithful to them based upon how many big things he brings through for them versus the, the little things that he does, right? The best way for me to track God's faith is to track it based upon the milliseconds. I told my students one time, I think it's ninth grade, I said it in chapel, that I said, we have no time to count burdens if we truly counted our blessings. We have no time to count our burdens if we truly have counted our blessings. I say, well, that often, on average, the human being breathes 22,000 times a day. So if you actually took the time to thank God for every breath that you took, you won't have time to count your burdens. And so that's how you grow in your faith. Hey, Faith, hope you will. <laughs> no coincidence there. <laughs> hey, Faith, hope you will. Uh, uh, Natalie says, I want to have a singular focus on God alone for a very long time. I think, is this part two of your question? Let's see. Mm. Okay, maybe this is a different question. <clears throat> I want to have a singular focus on God alone for a very long time. What is your advice to do that intentionally? I do. I don't seek to prioritize family and social media at all in this time while around them. Let me see if you wrote anything else. I want to have a singular focus on God alone for a very long time. Uh, what is your advice to do that intentionally? Okay, I want to have a singular focus. Well, a singular, you don't want to look at a singular focus as I only focus on him. Because if you only focus on him, then you'll neglect the other things. You have to see him in everything to keep your focus on him all the time. Very profound what I just said by the help of the Holy Ghost. If you want to only have a single focus, then you'll be in your Bible all day. And you'll be uh, um, too heavenly minded that you know earthly good. But if you begin to see God in everything, so the, the, the balance comes when you make God number one in your life and you, and you, and you put God in the center of everything in your life. That's how you live a great life. When God's number one,
then you allow you basically saying that I'm going to allow God to be in the center of everything. So that while I, when I see God in everything, I will have a singular focus on God because God is in everything, right? So what we don't want to happen is that you have such a focus on quote unquote God that you miss out on your opportunity to do things for God, right? Right? So how do you do that is you definitely, number one, you definitely do, which is nothing wrong with developing a, a, a regiment, a, a system of fellowshipping, a system of focusing, uh, um, a system where it's not just about doing, it's about trusting in what has been done. It's not about just reading. It's about allowing what I have read to read me. It's not just for me to just say that I've prayed, but to see how, how have I stayed in the gap to pray for others, right? That's how you begin to build this supernatural synergy between you and the divine to make things happen in time, right? And so then you will be able to see him in every single thing because you have started with one singular thing, bursting out of that, allowing you to be able to sense God in everything you do. And so then once you put God as number one, and then you allow God to be in the center of your family, in the center of your social media, in the center of your day-to-day -day life operations, then you will begin to see yourself operating at a high level for God's optimal use. So the way you do that is say, okay, what are some sustainable systems spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically, etc., that will cause me to be sensitive enough, still enough to be able to see God in all the stuff that I'm engaged in so that I can be able to be of great use for him and not just be a person who knows a bunch of scriptures, etc. Hope to help. Hey, Vanita, hope you well. PTL says, thanks for the, for the open answer. I've been realizing a lot, go through it, including me at times. I understand it, family. I'm glad you trusted me with your question, fam. <clears throat> Golden Christian says, Advice when you feel like you wasted so much time at the age of 26 and I feel like you will never be successful. Well, you have to change the way you have to change the way you think about that. You're 26, fam. And of course, I had those same thoughts, too, because uh, I had goals at 17 and 18. I'll be a millionaire by 26. Was I a millionaire by 25? I mean, no, I wasn't a millionaire by 25. So that's what caused me to have a faith crisis at 26, because things didn't happen as quickly as I thought they would. Right. And so even though you wasted so much time, let me tell you something about how God redeems the time. God redeems a time at the level of your renewed mind. All you got to do is renew your mind and then time will be renewed. There's a lot of dumb stuff I did in my 20s, but God redeemed them in re because my mind was renewed on them. Therefore, I repented and walked away from certain lifestyles and practices that put me in greater practices that put me in a greater position to tap into my full potential. So you got to get out of feelings, my brother. What are the facts? What can you learn from, from the time wasted? What can you learn? Get a sheet of paper right now. I want you to write down everything you did that wasted time. I want On one side of the paper, I want you to write down everything you did that you wasted time doing. In the middle column, I want, middle, meet, uh, the middle column, I want you to write down everything that you can learn from that wasted time. And the third column, what are you going to do in the meantime? On one column, I want you to write down all the things you did that wasted time. And I want you to forgive yourself. I want you to literally say, I forgive Christian for wasting his time with that girl. I forgive Christian or whoever's watching guy or girl for wasting my time. I forgive myself for that. I welcome your forgiveness on that God. I receive your righteousness on that God. I thank you, Lord, for, for renewing my mind. In the middle, I want you to write down all the lessons you learned. Write down all the lessons you earned. If you plan to earn, you got a plan to learn. 
Or if you don't, you're going to end up planning to burn. Everything will just burn up and you'll watch yourself destruct. And the third column I want you to do right now, what am I going to do with my time now? Type it up, put it in the forefront of your mind. So anytime that you remember that, you can go right back to that page and say, you know what? I'm not going to stay on chapter 26 when God is trying to write chapter 27 in my life because a lot can change in one chapter. Bethel Green says, I ask a lot, but I was wondering what what one thing should I do about getting bad dreams constantly at night uh, at time and a certain time of night? Well, Bethel Green, um, it depends. A lot of a lot of variables, good handful of variables that can be contributing to bad dreams. Number one is diet, diet. Uh, if you eat a lot of carbs, eat a lot of greasy foods for bed, you're going to have a lot of crazy dreams. If you eat bad, if you eat, with, if you fall asleep within the two hours of you eating, you're probably going to have a bad dream or some kind of crazy dream. Um, and, and, um, so you got to make sure you change your diet. Look up online foods that affects brain activity, foods that, that causes bad dreams. And you'll begin to see if your diet is causing you to bad dreams. Number two could be demonic activity. Demonic activity based upon what you allow um, to be brought into your house. Um, you you got to you gotta say, okay, what are some of the things that I'm bringing into my house um, that's affecting my dreams? Number three, a lack of dying to yourself. Uh, that's what brought demonic things into your house potentially, uh, not dying to yourself. What are some practices that you're practicing in your life that you have yet to die to? What are some things that you have yet to die to? What are some things that you are, that you are entertaining that's gaining, that's opening entry for demonic activity to affect your dreams? So number one, check your diet. Number two, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal any type of demonic things in your life that's giving them legal right to be in your home to, uh, uh, to affect your dreams. And number three, uh, uh, die to yourself. Ask the Holy Spirit, what are some things I need to die to in order for me to arise to so that I will be able to have good dreams and sweet sleep? Hope to help. Thank you, Reaching High. Amen, amen. Vanita, where you been? She said, it's been a while, Coach Missy. Ain't no problem. God gets the glory. He gets the glory for the wisdom. I'm glad that you're here. We're glad you're here. Shell says, yes. We got, that's right. We got to do the work. Also, I struggle to not watch porn. Let me see what you knew. Oh, was that you knew about yeah, porn is dangerous, man. Porn messes up your brain. It gives us false expectations sexually. It it literally messes up the brain uh, to the point to where now you're you're basically uh, destroying the different uh, sexual wires in you. You're overheating them to the point to where that not even a regular human being can be able to satisfy you sexually. That's how porn is dangerous. So now you create these false expectations sexually, which then puts you in a place of on-demand pleasure, which means you're touching yourself, you're masturbating, which then leads you to uh, 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 <clears throat> excavating, uh, uh, not excavating, what's, uh, uh, whatever, escalating into doing stuff with other people, which then when you get with those people, then when you get married, that 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 porn star profession that you watched online, your your precious wife can't compete with. Because she can't even get you up now because of how many times you took care of yourself and how many times you watched something that was done by professionals. See, I'm not a professional basketball player. 
Okay, I'm pretty good at basketball, but if I go and play against Kyrie, I, I'm going to be proven unable to compete. Right. I'm not a professional. So <clears throat> if a person puts expectations on me to play at a professional basketball level, that's going to put a lot of pressure on me unnecessarily because I'm not at that level. The same as with pornography. If you bring a wife into your life and now she's comparing or or is forced to be compared to professionals and she can't meet expectations, then it's going to cause a mental strain on her and cause her to doubt her ability and make her feel like she's in, in, uh, uh, incapable of satisfying you, which causes a long array of, of, of issues because now she's not going to give you sex no more because she don't feel like that she can satisfy your sexual, which then leads you deeper into pornography and you see how the cycle turns. Thank you, Coach Josh, so much. You are truly a blessing. God gets the glory. Amen, amen. Heard that God is true and faithful. That's real. He is. Time for a couple more and I'm out of here. There are Christians who are very extreme. For example, they would judge a woman who doesn't cover her hair or doesn't wear dresses down to her ankles. How can we find balance in what God wants us to do? Great question. Oh, name is pronounced charisma. Charisma. Okay. Nice to meet you, charisma. Listen, you have to understand these are self-righteous individuals. These stemmed stems for all the way from the pharisaical individuals from Jesus' day. Uh, people who boast in their Christianese versus their follower following of Christ, right? And so these individuals are not people that you should base your life on. True judgment is righteous judgment. Um, a, a person who has taken care of the beam out of their own eye is the only ones qualified to help remove the specks out of other people's eyes. And those people who are, are completely non-self, who don't operate in self-awareness, who don't see the beam, is going to keep hitting people with the beams of their self-righteousness, right? And so you have to you have to disregard and ignore those individuals. Sometimes the loudest people are the most insecure people. The most judgmental people are the ones who are filled with sinful habits. Those who are quiet and living their own life, chances are have a more clean life. Those who always got something to say about somebody else's way, those people are going the wrong way themselves with a bunch of hidden sins on their shelves, right? So, so you can't get so caught up on what they got to say. Everything must stem from the word of God and from the Holy Spirit. Everything must stem from the scriptures and from the spirit. He'll lead and guide you to all truth on what to wear and what is modesty, right? Go into the word of God and find out what a woman and how a woman is supposed to carry herself, right? Whatever. And also be uh, some things you don't even need the scriptures or, or the, the, or the spirit of God for it's common sense. It's common sense. A lot of things, if you know for a uh, 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 for, for a fact that most men are going to find what you wear sexually attractive. If what you're wearing right now is going to put a lot of pressure, even on God's elect, <laughs> then you got to reject. Like you also got to make sure and ask yourself how much of culture has contributed into my lack of class to showing off my Right. So you got to think about that. Right. And because when you think about those different things, then you will begin to be more susceptible and open to what modesty really is in the modern era. So you find balance by understand uh, what the word of God says. You find balance by fellowship with the spirit of God and you add balance by common sense. And if you have a man in your life that you trust, like a father or brother, whatever, ask them, is my is my wardrobe worship worthy? Is my wardrobe worship worthy that when I walk out of this house, will 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 I uh, uh, be a person that my spouse will respect? Like like the, my future spouse, right? 
And so you just got to think about some of those things, right? But those those super safe saints are people that you shouldn't be listening too much to because they got some stuff they got to figure out in their own selves. And so you just got to ask yourself, is it is is it too tight? Is it too short? Is it too long? If if would my husband, even if he's not present, would he like me walking out like this? Um is 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 and, and some things is common sense, man. Is it too tight? Is it too little down? If you got to figure that everyone, they don't take much for people to figure out what you got in your figure, then that is what it is, man. You just got to find better clothing to cover up. That is what it is. Uh, but don't get clouded by culture or the super Christians. Follow Christ in your life and he'll show you. He'll give you the conviction, the unction that will let you know whether or not what you're wearing is right or not. Faces, I wanted to change my name, but wanted to know if, if it was spiritually uh, legal. I'm not even sure about that. I mean, I, you hey, you can change your name. I don't see anything wrong with changing your name. Yeah, young and new. Yeah, if you post comments with porn and sex stuff like that, typically YouTube count uh, uh blocks them. Let me see. I won't be able to see which ones was blocked until the video's done. So a lot of you all that may post questions, some of your questions, if it has any type of whatever words, they may block them, and I can't see them until I'm done with the video. <clears throat> Last one, I got to go. Hey, do we need to have close friends with our Christian brothers? I feel like being close puts me in a risk of developing bitter feelings towards them. Well, I know I, I know your personality, man. We have the same personality, I, I believe. I believe we have the same personality. I believe from when we coach, I think we have the same personality. And sometimes there's a fear of us getting close with people because we feel like, number one, it would be a burden to them. We feel, number two, that uh, will they even appreciate us? Number three, we struggle with abandonment, right? So the closer you are to God and the closer you are yourself, the less likely a close friend could really hurt you, right? All right? So <clears throat> there's nothing wrong with with uh, uh, um, being cautious because our personalities are gems and we give an off and, and more relationships than not. We give more than the other person gives to us. And sometimes that puts fear in us to, to follow through with them. So I understand that. And, um, we don't need, that's why I'm, oh, there's different. It's, you got to get to a place where you want and not need. Here we go. We'll start there. In every aspect of our life, we have to get to a place where we want, but not need. Want means I'm in a mature place and I see that I want it. Now, we're not talking about want to masquerade in need, right? That is, the need is, is hidden in a want. There's some people who want a relationship, but they really need a relationship. Need leads to perversion. When you desperately need water you or desperately need food, like if, if, the, if the whole globe uh, goes through a food shortage, in a matter of two weeks or a matter of a week or two, cannibalism will increase. Cannibalism will skyrocket because of, of the shortage. So what they're saying is, is that when you need something, you'll go from looking at your baby as a child to looking at that baby as, as a turkey. You see what I'm saying? So you have to be very careful that you're not in need of friendships 
or in need of a relationship because that need will lead to perversion. When you need a relationship, you will only pervert that relationship. When you need a man, you won't be able to be a helpmate to that man. When you need a woman, you won't be able to sacrifice for that woman accurately. When you need the idea of a relationship, you will be able to see, you will begin to see that ship sink in a in period of time. Right. And so you have to begin to say, uh, am I mature enough to actually truly want it? Right. And so it, we don't need close friendships. We don't need it. Now, there's a benefit to it, but you have to assess your need. Is my need a need? Well, yeah, I need a close friend. That'd be cool to have. Or is it a desperate need? There's levels to need. Like I need my wife. But I don't need my wife. There's a difference. I need God. <laughs> That's the only thing on this planet we desperately need. Yeah, we need water. Yeah, we need food. But if I know why, if I know my needs are met in God, it don't matter what shortage is there around my life. It doesn't matter where the food, he still got ravens for hire. So even though I may, quote unquote, some people may need money right now. Some people may need an opportunity right now. All you need is God. And if you begin to rest and feed, uh, allow him to feed that need, then you will begin to say, hey, all I need is him. So you feel like being close. You, you said, I feel like being close puts me at a risk to develop bitter feelings. Yeah, you just got to process those feelings, fam, and begin to assess your need and build your relationship with God. And then work from God, not looking for God in friendships. That makes sense. Thank you. I said the word lucky to one Christian and she, and she was so quick to correct me by saying I should say blessed instead of lucky. That's that's overly critical. You know, it is what it is. You know, language, actions mature over time. Right. And, and they just they just naturally do. And you have to give people time to grow. But if you always correcting people, hey, if luck is your word right now, you lose the word luck. You don't it, at the end of the day. Blessed is probably what the preferred term by Christian is. But hey, it is what it is, man. And as you grow in God, he'll change your vocabulary. He'll mold it, all that good stuff. You said I'm addicted to the feeling. Okay, I see. I see what you're saying. Yeah, man, you have to reverse the addiction, man. You got to add different things to your life to kind of reverse it. But you have to you have to repent of the sin and ask God to show you the root reason why you're doing that sin. Because the devil loves for us to dwell in the level of feeling. Because when we dwell in the level of feeling, then it's hard for us to do dealings for the kingdom of God. Jess says, what do you do when God has not shown you a method on how to be delivered by something? I cannot do anything without God's strength. So in waiting, so I'm waiting for a method. Great question. <clears throat> Methods stems from a few M's. Methods stems from a few M's. Number one, M. Is God truly the master of your life? Master means that he doesn't own only three-fifths of you. He doesn't own one-fifth of you. He's not a master of half of you. He's the master of all of you, right? Until God is your master, number two M, your mind won't be renewed. 
They're somewhere in the process of master and mind or mental renewal that's that's not opening the door for methods because sometimes we worship methods more than we worship the master. And sometimes in fellowshipping with, with the master, things begin to fall off, right? And so deliverance is deeper than just expecting a delivery. Deliverance is giving you the opportunity to, to investigate the deep depths of your uh, iniquity, the deep depths of your idolatry, the deep depths of your insecurity that could be the contributing factors on why no methods can change you. Number one, let me make sure I qualify this by letting you know that no methods can change you. No methods can change. And so if you look for methods more so from uh, 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 the master, <clears throat> then there won't be no mending. Right. And Mary and Martha, a couple of M's were were in this kind of uh, a situation in and of themselves that that Mary saw fit to be at the master's feet while Martha was contributing to the methods of what women were supposed to be doing today. She thought the methods were getting her closer to God versus being at the foot of the master to the point to where she got mad at the master for not telling Mary to get to the methods of what women were supposed to thinking that she would be closer in serving versus in being served. See, God said, I did not come to serve, be served. I came to serve. So in master and me being with the master's feet leads me into my mind being renewed, which then puts food inside of me that cannot be removed, which then puts me in a position where I no longer think the same. I no longer uh, feel the same that I'm different. So the number one method is to get to know the master. Number two method is to say, oh, what areas of my mind do I need to renew? The third M, you got to start mining. Before you can renew your mind, you got to start mining. You got to start digging deeper into your mindset and your mind to see what is it inside of you that's messing you up, that's hindering deliverance. Number four, um, you got to see, you got to, if you got to get rid of the meddling demons in your life, the meddling demons, you got to start executing in your, in your, uh, 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 master's, uh, power. By saying that if there's any type of demonic activity that's, in, that's intruding into my life, you got to use that. And and also, and that's pretty much all the M's. And so if you're waiting on a method versus waiting at his feet, then you will never find, you will never find that area defeated. What do you do when God has not shown you a method on how to be delivered by something? Follow those M's, fam. Follow those M's, my brother. Hey, Daya, my first time catching you live. New subscriber. Thank you. We're glad to have you. We're glad to have you. I am doing coaching, but life got pretty full. It's crazy when you advertise something and then life fills up. So please bear with me on the life coaching stuff, but go ahead and start submitting you start submitting because the summer's coming. Just start submitting so I can be able to go through my emails and be able to organize and stuff like that. <clears throat> MJ says advice in, to going into entrepreneurship. Great question. Um, entrepreneurship is a different form of engaging your calling. Like even this hoodie is a part of my entrepreneurship endeavors. Unplugged. 
Um, I've been I've been an entrepreneur since I was a kid, man. I remember when I I want to find I got it somewhere in here. I remember my first business card when I was in high school. I was doing um, before Instacart, before I was getting groceries for people. Um, I, I I drew. I had my own business enterprise when I was uh, uh, in middle school. Not middle school when I was nine or ten years old. I I was a pretty decent drawer. I would outline an angel. And I would pay people to color their angels in. And I remember a parent got mad because I didn't pay their child in time. Um, But I had to make my money. You know what I'm saying? So I would sell paintings. I would sell drawings in church because I wasn't a good painter. But I I could outline. I could draw good eyes. I could draw good people, right? And then I paid people to color them in and I sold them at church. So I've been an entrepreneur since I was a kid. Um, So one thing about entrepreneurship is a a form of a calling. Some people's calling is to work for others. Some people's calling is to work for themselves. So my advice into going to entrepreneurship is no understanding is a different, it's another type of ship. Are you, are you able to sell that type of ship? Right. Entrepreneurship is being able to have people skills, being able to trust in your creative ability is being able to uh, run and function a business is being able to network is being able to market is being able to do all that kind of stuff. And you got to be able to say, am I willing to sell this long ship? Am I willing to do it? You can't just start something the, the everybody celebrates the start of a something. But what happens when you in the middle? What happens when your thumbs, when you're filling your thumbs in the middle? That that's that's when that's when life gets tough as an entrepreneur. So number two, uh, a number number the most important thing is to uh, uh to is to connect with your creative partner. Your creative partner is God. In the beginning, God created. The first thing we know about God was He was in the beginning, <laughs> and He created. He, the difference between God and us that He didn't have a beginning, we had a beginning. But in the beginning of us, He created. So God is a creative. The, the greatest creative of all time. So you have to partner with your creative partner. And in that partnership with the creative partner, he will then begin to give you uh, uh, witty ideas and, 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 and clever angles on, on how to position your business, to position entrepreneurial endeavors. It's going to take a relationship with God to endure um, the, the, the roaring seas of entrepreneurship. Let me tell you that, right? And so let me make sure my wife didn't call Make sure she, if she didn't call, um, make sure all that kind of stuff. Okay. So, yeah, and, and and just partner with him, and and just really begin to utilize your surroundings to make you a better entrepreneur. What I mean by that, every time I meet a person, I'm meeting a potential uh uh um consumer. So I increase my people skills. My people skills are just naturally genuine. Uh, it's just naturally authentic. Like that's just who I am. I'm a very good people person. Um, but I, I, you have to understand. You have to sell yourself, and you sell yourself by making sure you haven't sold yourself. Mm. You sell yourself best when you haven't sold yourself. When you are authentic to you, authentic to God, and you haven't sold yourself, you are better able to sell yourself. And because people, uh, tribes follows vibes. Tribes follow vibes. You, your guys follow me because the vibes are there. Y'all follow me because y'all like, that's something about that guy's vibe. It feels authentic, it feels genuine. So if I'm my genuine, authentic self and I live by the code and I don't and I do not do people wrong, you're going to end up being successful. I've been fasting, y'all, so I better be wise. I'm about to tap out uh, from this video. I hope y'all was blessed by it. Thank y'all so much for watching. Um, um, 
Jazz said, I did Instacart for two weeks during the pandemic. Horrible experience. I feel you. I did Instacart too. One thing about me, I'm going to get to the, you know, it don't matter. I'll get to that bag, man. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not too, uh, <laughs> what I mean by that, if you see me pull up to your house, you know what I'm saying? What's groceries? Say what's up. <laughs> Christopher knows, man. Holy Spirit, give me strength for this young brother because the teenagers and college students always have, they always have a special place in my heart. Uh, Chris Vi says, I'm 17, about to enter into college. Any tips concerning staying focused on God while I enter in this next season? Um, write down everything you learned in the previous season. Write down also what you're excited about in the next season. And then, and then, um, and then really take this very serious uh, um, um, God being in your life. And what I mean by that, bro, take your life slow. Take your life slow. You're going to get a lot of things thrown at you, family. The, the 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 new levels, new devils, better devils and skirts are in college. I tell these young people all the time, your little high school boyfriends and high school girlfriends ain't going to compare to them college girls and college boys. Let me let you know that right now. And sometimes our high school bubbles burst when we in college, when we realize that that everything is not what it was seen to be. And, and so what you got to do is you got to start establishing your convictions right now, establishing your standards right now, establishing your boundaries right now and establishing your why right now. Establishing your standards. What would you stand for? And what would you stand against? You got to start setting boundaries. How far are certain people allowed to come into my life? You also got to start establishing your core values. What do you value in life? You got to start establishing what are your convictions? What are the convictions from the word of God that won't make you budge? You got to establish those things right now. Type them out. Type in your, type out your standards. What do you stand on? What principles do you stand on? Are you going to wait till you marry? Stand on that principle. Are you going to stand on your principle to walk in sexual purity? Stand on that principle. Stand on that principle. These are the only type of friends that I fellowship with. Stand on those principles. What are your principles when it comes to uh, you, others, and things that you do? You got to set boundaries and say, okay, I will. This is how far certain people will come. You got to use the imagery of what I shared in many other videos that there are certain people that you'll talk to in the street, but you won't allow them to come into your into your yard. There are certain people that you will allow your dogs to play with play with each other in the yard, but you won't sit with them on the front porch. There are certain people that you will sit on the front porch and drink tea with, but you won't let them inside of your living room. There are certain people that you allow in your living room, but that who don't deserve to be in your bedroom. There's different levels of intimacy. Some people, we're making street people, sheep people, and we wonder why uh, we don't have the right person in life now. Some people that, that should only supposed to stay on the streets, we allow them into our sheets and we wonder why our whole boundaries are boundless. And so you got to set your boundaries. You got to have your core values. What do you value in life? How, what are your core values on time? What are your core values on money? What's your core value on thoughts? What are your core values when it comes to interacting with other people as well as the opposite sex? You got to establish those different things, my brother. And when you do, you'll find great success. Thank y'all so much for watching my video. I pray y'all was blessed by this. Make sure you check out um, one of my latest books. I pushed the wrong one, but it's okay. The Holding Journal, if you want to learn how to hold the important things well. Also check out my book, Facts Over Feelings. How to go from filling to fulfilling your roles in life. Great book there. If you want to learn about the purpose of singleness and how to maximize a great resource here. If you want to learn how to date God, do something come date a ball, I'm going to do a second part of this book because I can't wait to do it. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be the next book. I'm going to just let God lead me. 
Um, but it asks the right question to either make the relationship end or extend. Also got a card game that you can get with that. Whether uh, different flags, green flags, if they, if they answer the question right, it's a go. If they answer the question so-so, it's a slow. If they answer the question like whoa, then it's whoa. And they definitely answer a question is no. White flag means retreat. I'm not in this. Red flag means, yo, that was alarming. Slow flag was like, all right, maybe you're not mature enough yet, but we should take this slow. Gold means, all right, we good to go on this. We've been confirmed by God. Card game is called dating prep. Great card game to go with that as well. Uh, if you want to learn how to discern things in front of you, and you want to know the difference between a counterfeit and a counterpart, great book there. If you want to learn how to untie soul ties or root strongholds, great book there. Kids book to help kids discover their art form, great book there. If you want to learn about spiritual warfare, all that good stuff, great resource there. I love you all. Y'all be blessed. I'll see y'all next time. Peace.